John chapter number 10. I simply want to preach on Jesus this morning. And uh, John chapter number 10, and just really have our, our focus and our attention on Him being the Good Shepherd. And uh, one of the terms that Jesus used for Himself here in John chapter number 10, being the Good Shepherd. John 10, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. John chapter number 10, we're going to start down here, let's start around verse number 11, read down through verse number 18. This is Jesus speaking here, he says in verse 11, I am the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. And the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And we know there in the last couple verses, he's talking about the resurrection, that Jesus is going to be dying, laying down his life. No man took it from him, but he laid down his life willingly for you and I. And he had the power to be able to take it up again. That's the difference between him and every other person that's ever died. He had the power to raise from the dead. And aren't we thankful for that? Let's have a word of prayer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach uh, just a few simple thoughts on this subject matter. The love of the good shepherd. The love of the good shepherd. Aren't you so thankful for Jesus being the good shepherd? Let's pray. Father, we love you because you first loved us. Lord, here you call yourself the good shepherd because you give your life for the sheep. Lord, you guide us, you direct us, you provide for us. We're going to look at those things this morning. And Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged, would have a, a greater view and a greater relationship with the good shepherd in our lives, understanding who you are. And Lord, may we just see you a little more clearly this morning. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing, and as we look into the Word of God, we know that here that Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. We know that He's the Great Shepherd. We know that He's the Chief Shepherd, and He's going to be appearing at some point. The Bible says, Peter tells us that, when the Chief Shepherd shall appear. But as we look at this, and we understand, and we could spend a, a whole lot of time on the, the background information but we understand from reading the scriptures and also understanding history and understanding culture that there is a great relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. And we notice that throughout the scriptures also as the Lord Jesus and, and uh, even throughout the Old Testament that this relationship of him being the shepherd and us being the sheep is used over and over and over throughout the scriptures. 
And so I was reminded several times as I was growing up, as we being compared to sheep, that maybe some of you have more of experience with sheep than what I do. But uh, they say that sheep are very dumb creatures. And maybe that's why I'm compared to one. I'm not saying that's why you're compared to one. But maybe that's why I'm compared to one is because we do have to be led and we do have to be guided because the Bible teaches us, especially over in Isaiah 53, that all we like sheep, guess what? The Bible says, have gone astray. And we come over here and I'm thankful and I want to make sure we go on record of saying that I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ is the good shepherd and I'm thankful for the love that the Lord Jesus Christ has for each and every one of us. Where would we be today if it was not that Jesus loves us? Where would we be if if it wasn't just that Jesus didn't love us, but where would we be if he had not shown and commended and demonstrated and exhibited that love to each and every one of us. It'd probably be like some people that say they love someone else but never show that love whatsoever. Well, that's just not me. Well, I'm glad it was Jesus. I'm glad that Jesus didn't just say, I love you, but yet he showed that love to each and every one of us. And I want to look down through here at the love of the good shepherd, and we really could read most of this entire chapter, and we'll touch on a few things. But you say, well, how do I know that the good shepherd loves me? We understand the good shepherd is Jesus. There's not a question in my mind this morning that Jesus is the good shepherd. Well, first of all, and I want to share four thoughts with us this morning if we get through all of them. The first thing I want you to see is the love of the good shepherd in that he, the the provision of the entrance into the sheepfold. The provision of the entrance. If we would have read the first 10 verses as we look here in John chapter number 10, he starts talking about the door of the sheepfold. And if you understand culture back in Bible times, listen, they were not talking about having a nice barn that would be set up, but there were times that they would go out for for weeks and months at a time as they moved from pasture to pasture to be able to feed their sheep. But then When it came nighttime or they were settled into a place, that shepherd so protected his sheep that he would build a sheepfold there. It may be, listen, they may take thorns and briars and and bushes and be able to circle them around. But no matter what they built that out of, there would only be one door to be able to get into it. And history tells us, if you go back and research it, that after all the sheep would be safely inside that sheepfold. And in fact, we have another place that the shepherd would know if every sheep was in there. He'd be counting his sheep as they came in. The Bible says that if there was 90 and 9 and one was missing that he'd make sure those 90 and 9 were safe and he'd go out looking for that one. Boy, aren't you glad God doesn't leave us outside the sheepfold, that he takes care of us? But listen, this one door to be able to get in is what's being mentioned here in the first few verses that are here. And they would tell us that that shepherd with that one door, after all the sheep were safely in, that he would actually take his sleep and he would lay down across that door. He would be the physical door by which anything would have to enter or to be able to exit. He would be that door. And Jesus is using that as an example and as an illustration 
question for each of us that there is the sheepfold of the family of God. And we understand that in order to be able to access and to be able to get into the family of God, listen, there's just one way and that's none other than the door of the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to enter in there. And you say, well, how much does Jesus love me? How much does this good shepherd love me? Well, he's provided an entrance into the sheepfold. He is the way. You know, there's those that are meeting all around this world today and they're having their religious services and churches are gathering together and they're trying to figure out how it is that we can get to heaven. How is it that they can have assurance to be able to get there? Can I say this? If they'd simply sit down and be able to read the Bible, they would understand that there is a door to be able to enter into the family of God. There is a door to be able to enter into heaven. Jesus said himself in John chapter number 14 and verse number 6, he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's provided that door for us. He's provided this entrance, and it is in himself. Look what he said in verse number 7. He said, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, look at this, I am the door of the sheep. Jump down to verse number nine. Look what he said here. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Well, aren't you thankful that Jesus is the way? He has settled it for us. He has given us that assurance. There's no question about it. But listen, if you're here today and you're questioning, the Bible says that if you're trying to get in any other way, that you're nothing but a thief and a robber. You're trying to steal salvation by getting it some other way. We must go in through the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, what love he has shown to us in the provision of the entrance into the family of God. But then I I love this, and I'm going to spend some time here this morning when he gets down here in verses number 12 and 13. We see not only the provision of the entrance, but we see the protection from the enemy. You say, how much does Jesus love me? Well, the Bible says here, but he that is in hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep boy how many have ever been into some trials and tribulations and maybe just some dangerous times in life that you could just say i'm just thankful that jesus is still with me going through this you know he gave us the promise over in hebrews that he would never leave us nor forsake us You see, there's some that, listen, they don't care about the sheep. Just as quick as a trial and a tribulation and a hard time and a difficult time will come, listen, they'll turn tail and run. You know why? Because those sheep don't belong to them. But Jesus said, listen, I'm not a hireling. You say, what's a hireling? Well, what's the first four letters? Hire. It's just been someone who has just paid and they're just watching over those sheep because they're getting a paycheck. Now listen, you know as well as I do, Jesus isn't just loving us because of what he's getting from us and because he's just getting paid for it. Listen, we all know that Jesus came out on the short end of the stick when he got us. 
I mean, here Jesus is. His throne is up there at the right hand of the Father. He came down and lived a perfect and a sinless life, died on an old rugged cross, three days later rose from the dead, and He went through all of that. You know why? For you and me. Well, that's not much of a prize, is it? Not much of a prize. Listen, Jesus is not just a hireling. Jesus is not just one of them that when the wolf is coming and when danger is coming, that he's going to say, oh, they're not mine. Go ahead and take what you want. Can I, can I pause right here because the Bible speaks about and gives the example of a pastor being an under-shepherd and caring for the sheep. They're not my sheep, you're God's sheep. But we just get to be able to love you and to be able to take care of can I say this? I believe I've got two responsibilities, two main responsibilities here at Granite State Baptist Church. Number one is to preach the Word of God. I believe that's the number one responsibility is to preach the Bible. But can I say second of all, I believe I'm supposed to protect the flock. You say, well, why would you do that? Because I love the flock. And when a wolf is coming, or if something's going on and there's a danger in your life or something taking place, listen, I want to be able to fight tooth and nail for you and your family. I believe that's what God's put upon our heart. You say, where would you get that from? I get that from Jesus. Because that's how Jesus takes care of us. And I want to be able to take care of the flock of God. I know John chapter 10 is not talking about the pastor and church relationship. I'm not the good shepherd. There's only one good shepherd and that's Jesus. But he said this. He said, I love the sheep so much. He said, listen, I'm not a hireling. He said, the hireling will take off. But Jesus is there with us. And aren't you thankful for this? That he's with us through thick and thin. Listen, He protects us, He guides us, He watches over us and tries to keep us from those things when the attack is coming. But listen, sometimes there's wounds and sometimes there's things that take place in the battle and the enemy gets to us. You know what the shepherd also does? He doesn't just try to keep them away. But listen, when they are wounded and they are hurt, boy, he'll sure come in and put that nice balm on there and to be able to carry them and to be able to love on them, be able to encourage them a little bent. And I'm saying I'm thankful for the protection from the enemy that the good shepherd gives to us. You say, why does he do that? Simply because he loves us. Let me ask you something. Are you worth protecting? Am I worth protecting? To Jesus we are. Now there may be some that would look at you and look at your family and look at your life and say, well, they're not worth it just to let them go. And I say this, Jesus isn't like that. That's how much He loves you. That's how much He cares for you. That's why He could stand up and say, I am the good shepherd. Listen, He's not just going to turn tail and run and leave you when you need Him the most. Because I like this next statement here. I love what He said in verse number 14, and I'll give you this. The Bible says that a personal relationship is established in verse number 14, he said again, he said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep. Now listen, it doesn't just stop there. He says, and know my sheep, but then he says, and am known of mine. Do you understand that, that the Lord Jesus Christ is so desiring an intimate, personal relationship with each and every one of his sheep? 
Each and every one of us as a child of God, the Lord Jesus is desiring not just for you to know Him, but He knows you. Now, sometimes that gets scary. Hey, God knows you. In fact, He knows you and He knows me better than I know myself. But when I read this verse, I was so encouraged throughout this week on this subject matter of the personal relationship being established. Listen, that's how that song can be sung of search me, O God. We have that relationship. Let me ask you something. Who else would you go up to, by the way, and say, hey, would you look at my life and tell me everything that's wrong with it? Now, there's a lot of volunteers that would be ready to do that. How many would like to volunteer for that job? We all would. Hey, and listen, we don't even have to volunteer. We, we do it without them asking. And we, we, we like to do that in other people's. But listen, there's not one person that I'd walk up to and say, listen, you've just got free reign. Whatever you see wrong in my life, just feel free to come tell me. We don't like that. In fact, most of the time we fight against that. But can I tell you, there is one that we can go to. Listen, I believe that song is based off when you get over there in Psalm 139 and get down there where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Let me ask you something, and don't put your hand up, because I know every man here married a perfect wife the same way I married a perfect wife, and there's no flaws whatsoever. But for all the wives that are here, how many about six months later you realized, you know, not everything is 100% right with this guy? You know, his feet do stink. And his breath does stink. I'll tell you how wonderful my wife was, is... I did that on purpose. Do you know for the longest time, and I don't know how many months it was, but for the longest time, even after we got married, listen, she still wouldn't let me see her without her makeup or hair done. She'd get up before me and go in and be able to get herself all together and ready so that when I opened my eyes, listen, it was just picture perfect. I don't know, that only went on for, I don't know, what, 10, 12 years, something like that, that I think she did that for me. No, we know that's not true. Listen, in the closest relationships that we have in our lives, listen, we do see the flaws and the mistakes and everything that's there. Now, listen. That's only one-sided when it comes to the Lord. The more we see of Jesus, the more we understand how perfect He is. But we also know the more he knows about us, the more imperfect he knows we are. And that just magnifies the love of the good shepherd. The closest thing we have to be able to compare it to, and I've given the illustration, is the love between a husband and wife. There was an evangelist several years ago, and I believe it was back in the late 70s, evangelist Tom Williams. His wife's name was Pam. And they were traveling over in the Holy Land. And while they were over there, um, she came down with, don't know if she contracted it there or had it going over, but she came down with bacterial meningitis. And she was put in the hospital over there. And can I say for the rest of her life, listen, she was not able to reciprocate any love towards her husband whatsoever. 
wasn't, honestly, wasn't even able to tell him, I love you. We see this relationship. They actually made a movie. It was on an old VHS. I don't know if it's still out there. Be able to find it. You know what videotapes are? Okay, VHS. Okay, and uh, but I mean they're like this big. Can you imagine having to watch a movie that, that the cartridge is like that big? I mean it's it it it's so ancient. Put a movie out called Twice Given, and documented through his life and her life about this whole thing. But he made this statement. He was teaching and preaching on marriage in a conference we were at, I'm guessing now, probably 20, 25 years ago. And he made this statement. He said, let me ask you. He said, the love that you've shown between husband and wife, he said, if that were to stop right now, would you be able to live off the love that you've shown each other for the rest of your life? He said, never again was she able to say, I love you. Never again was she able to kiss him on the cheek. Never again was she able to run her fingers through his hair and be able to do any of that. And he said, would it be enough to be able to live off for the rest of your life? Can I say this? The closer we get to the Lord Jesus, we understand that the the magnitude of love that Jesus has for us that he was willing to look at us in all of our sinfulness and all of that condition and say, listen, not only am I going to save you, not, but I am going to be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I am going to be one that thick or thin, no matter what attacks are coming, listen, no matter how wicked you are, I love you and desire to be able to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. Well, I'm thankful for the good shepherd that he looks at us and he says, listen, I know my sheep and am known of mine. So here's the challenge for us out of that verse on this personal relationship. How much do you know about Jesus? How much not just do you know about him, but how much do you know him? That's what the apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter number three. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And I thought, Lord, may we understand the magnitude of the love that you have for us, not just because you provided that entrance to be able to get into the family of God and to be able to get into heaven and to be able to get to God himself, but the protection that he gives to us. Listen. The protection that when the wolf is coming, it's not about us just scattering, but trusting the Lord to be able to take care of us. But then that personal relationship, and then if we were to take the time and finish reading down through chapter number 10, we understand that the love that Christ has for us through the peace of eternal life that he has provided. You understand down in verse number 27 of John chapter 10, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Do you understand? I still believe from the Bible that once you get saved, you're saved for eternity. I believe the Bible still teaches that. I believe that once we're in the family of God, that we are there forever. That God is not kicking us out. And aren't you thankful for that? How many have ever been worthy of getting kicked out? Every one of us. But listen, that's not what he does for us. There is peace in my heart today when Jesus said, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. 
You say, why would that? Do you understand? Not just a personal relationship with Christ while we're living here on this earth, but the good shepherd loves you so much that he wants to spend eternity with you. Now, how many people have you ever met that that was your desire? I want to spend eternity with you. Hey, my wife even said it this week. I believe there's just some good things, some good, some things that the, the husband and wife ought to do separately, okay? Then they come back, have something to be able to talk about, okay? What she's saying is, listen, she just can't handle being around me 24 hours a day. How many can sympathize with my wife on that statement, right? Hey, put your hand, and that's the one you had surgery on. Keep that hand down. Listen. Sometimes we look at it and say, listen, I don't want to be around you another minute. You know, Jesus has never said that to us. Jesus has never said, listen, I just want you out of my life now. No, Jesus said, I give unto you eternal life. Boy, you talk about peace. You understand that that, that Jesus is never going to get so angry that he rescinds his offer of eternal life? Never going to do that. Now, listen, Now, don't get mistaken. He is going to chasten us. If there's sin in our lives, he is going to scourge us. He is going to discipline us just like any good father does to their children to be able to restore that relationship and wanting that relationship to be right. That's what our heavenly father is going to do for us. But listen, the good shepherd has given us the promise of eternal life. And boy, you talk about a peace that's in my heart that I know for eternity. Listen, I'm with Jesus and Jesus is with me. The love that he has for each and every one of us. Listen, it is unparalleled for anything that you'll see here on this earth. Now you say, where do we hear about all that? We hear about all of it in the Bible. Well, aren't you thankful that God wrote it down for us and gave it to us so that we could understand exactly how much the good shepherd loves us? Well, I'm thankful for it the way to be able to get to heaven, the protection as we're going through life, the personal relationship that's established because of Jesus. Now, don't ever get past this, that Jesus desires for you to be close to him. So the question for those of us that are saved, that are part of the family of God, that we've come in through that door, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, is this simply this morning, how's your relationship with him? Would we be able to say, well, it's, it's not as close as I want it to be? And that's the spiritual answer that we try to give. Well, how's your devotions going? Well, they're not like they should be. Okay, so let's be honest about it. How close are we to the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to hear His voice and to be able to cultivate that relationship and draw nigh to God because James tells us that if we'll draw nigh to Him, that He'll draw nigh to us. You're as close to God as you desire to be this morning. And I wonder how your relationship is. How is it? You say, oh, weren't you supposed to preach that last week to the teenagers up there at camp? Yeah, they all got it, don't worry. They all got it. But it's the rest of us that we need to be encouraged. We need to be strengthened and saying, hey, how is our relationship with the shepherd? But then you may be sitting here this morning, you don't have that peace of eternal life. You've tried everything. You say, Pastor, I want that this morning. Listen, the Bible tells us how we can get it. The Bible says it comes from Jesus, and I give unto them 
eternal life. Do you know he never said in there that you earn that eternal life? He said, I give them eternal life. It's a gift from the Lord, but we have to understand, listen, it's not just something that we can get on our own. It has to come from him, but we have to understand we're a sinner. Hey, we need a shepherd. We're a sinner. We're we're away from God. Our sin has separated us from Almighty God. We cannot get to God on our own. That's why Jesus is the door. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Why He was buried. Why He rose again. To be able to provide access for each and every one of us to be able to depend upon Him and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And call upon Him in my sinful condition. Lord, would you save me? I trust in you and call upon Him for salvation. Hey, listen, that's what He offers to us. And then, listen, He doesn't just stop there, and I want to encourage us. Once you say you've gotten saved and trusted Christ, that's not where it stops. That's actually the start to it, to be able to get to know Him more to be able to continually learn about Him and to be able to learn His Word and continually grow. You say, listen, I'm just newly saved. Then I encourage this. Grow that relationship with Jesus through time in the Word of God, through time in church, through time in prayer, time with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Continue to grow that relationship. I'll just give you this example, and sometimes I hear it like this, and and, and I'll be done. I hear these type of statements, and I love to hear it from other people. I love hearing what God's doing in other people's lives. Because here's what that's doing as I'm, as I'm hearing about that, and I'm, I'm thinking about that. I, I'm starting to say, listen, that gives me an appreciation for the God that I'm serving. And I'm saying, listen, he is so personal to him. There's been some, listen, I've got some, I've got, I'd call them great Christians, okay? I, I don't, I don't want to heap pride upon them but they continually challenge me and strive for that relationship of just listen this is how personal God is to me and that relationship and I'm saying God I I just want to keep I just want to get to there I just want to keep growing I want that relationship to continue to grow that I know the Lord more than what I did last week and that relationship. You know, we can get to the point, and uh, the Bible tells us this here in this passage of Scripture, that it got to the point that the shepherd and the sheep were so close that all the shepherd had to do was speak. Just had to speak, and the sheep would follow because they know the shepherd's voice. And so let me ask you something. Are we that close to the Lord? You say, well, I don't hear an audible voice. No, he's written it down for us. But then I can also say this, we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. That we can be so close to the Lord that the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us throughout the day and we hear his voice. You say, Pastor, that's just getting weird right now. No, I believe that's Bible. I believe that relationship with the Lord. Now, here's the thing. We ought to desire that. We ought to long for that. Now, the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of us is not going to do or say anything that's contrary to what the Bible says. Nothing at all. This is our final authority right here. We go according to the Word of God. And I'm saying the voice of the Lord. 
Let me ask you, how is that relationship? Then maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have that relationship. Can I say it'd be a wonderful morning to become part of the family of God? To be able to know that you're saved, know that you're on your way to heaven, listen, and get that settled of saying, I need that in my life. That's what we need.